Welcome to the Bibliophile. My name is Nigel Beal, and today we're talking with Ray Hinst, one of the owners of Haslam's Books in St. Petersburg, used in booksellers. Haslam's is one of the largest bookstores in the state of Florida, both by square footage and pure number of books on sale. We start the conversation by talking about book reprinters, companies that reprint books that are out of print. There were some folks in New York who used to deal in reprints. They would come by. We were one of their stops to pick up things that were in public domain. It's in public domain. Uh, Mark Twain's in public yeah, domain. Yeah, or, um, no copyright. Um, I can think of one. Let's see. Let me think of one. We had a book on the USS Constitution, the uh, USS Constitution frigate for the ages or something. I can't remember. Some, something like that. Anyway, they came and bought it, and they, re- and re- they reprinted it. Um, I think they, they did 25 or 30,000 copies of it as a, uh, as a bargain book. There's another uh, one that was fairly well-known... Uh, and these are these are kind of mundane sorts of things. Uh, Henley's Henley's book of 20th century formulas, and uh, they found it here. They they could, would come by a couple times a year and just to see. Would ask you know, do you have anything that's kind of interesting or unique? And we'd go, oh yeah, here, take a look at this, take a look at that. And, uh, and they bought it, and, and it was from it was from 19. Oh, probably from 1911, 1910, something like that. And they would just do a facsimile edition of it in, in, in a contemporary binding. Thinking behind, obviously, their purchases would be, is there a market for this? Uh, Bingo. That's, that's, that's exactly what they're looking for. Can I for. reprint this can I reprint in, it in, in, at a profit. price that I can make a profit on? Yeah. Sure, yeah. sure. That may still, they may still have that. They may still be doing it. And that mm-hmm. was 30 years ago they bought that from us. Interesting. Um, and, and there have been a number of those things. And it's funny, I, it's kind of exciting when we, take, we look down and, and go, oh, I remember that book. Yeah, yeah. That was ours. You yeah. know? Uh, matter of fact, there was a cover of the Publishers Weekly that I, I suspect that somebody may have gotten it here mm-hmm. because it was a, uh, they were doing a feature on travel books. It was their travel issue. And they put the first Baydeckers on, uh, on the cover. And the first Baydeckers was uh, Moscow, 1914, 15, 16, 17, just before the revolution. Mm-hmm. And um, we had some. We sold it some time back. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're not that many. Those, yeah, yeah uh, there are people that, that collect them. But, I mean, the, the early of, of most any major series is collectible. Mm-hmm. I mean, Josh, mm-hmm. look at the first geographics. And once you get past a certain year point, you know, it's hard to give them away. A couple questions then about collecting, but before we get to that, obviously uh, thousands and thousands of books have, have passed through your hands. I wonder if you could tell us which item excited you the most when you found, or, or maybe there's a couple, but that, uh, you know, we just talked about this truck having driven into the, to the back here with a bunch of books that you're about to look through. Yeah. Any particular gems, uh, discoveries come to mind? And also, if you do find something that you know is worth quite a lot of money, will you uh, pay the uh, person that provides oh, sure. the book accordingly? Yeah. yeah, well, yeah I, we, what do we, you pay them? Do you pay them a percentage of what you think you can make? No, I, we, we kind of pay what we want to invest in that particular book. And they, I mean, they're free to say yes or no. Um, we don't do consignments. And uh, we just never wanted to be responsible for them. I mean, I don't mind if somebody shops us you know, to, to get a price, that's fine. But yeah, we just... We just pay for them. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't do it any other way. Um, anything exciting in your mind? Th- personally, did you collect anything in particular? Yourself? Well, I learned early on when I when I joined the business that I, it, it, my father-in-law would always comment about it. you. You don't want to collect your inventory, mm-hmm. otherwise you can't. Can't sell them. You can't sell them, mm-hmm. and so you, you you need to be really <laughs> really selective. Um, I, I will pick up a, a, a fine binding, you know, every so often, a fine binding or maybe a 
Any particular binder you're interested in? No, no not really. A couple of the British chefs from the from the late 19th century. Um, Count Scott? Or uh, Count Scott, and uh, there's the fellow who was in Bath. The little shop he's got there. Um, that, that was fun. I, is, he, I is, he, is he still around? Uh, he's not, but uh, the shop is there. I'm, uh, I'm going to Bath. All right, yeah, it's, 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 I'm weeks. trying to think it's off the... Um, it's downtown. It, I, know, uh, I think I know the one. You know the one? Uh, he's got a little museum in there. It's a little museum where they have binding. T- uh, it may have been his prints, tools. Though, right? it's there's, a, there's a lot of prints yeah. here now. And he's got he's got glass cases where they've got uh, the book binding tools and so forth. And you go there. downstairs. And yeah, 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 exactly, yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's the place. Yeah. I just don't see him. That, when I say I, I don't go actively go out and get him. Mm-hmm. Uh, if something comes by, okay. I'll, I'll take it and get used. I think I'll keep that a while. Yeah. Um, and, and when you ask me if there's something interesting, I, I had a, a, a book that was by um, when the delegates were were assembling for our first constitutional convention. Philadelphia? Or? Yeah, Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's where the first meetings were. To come up with a constitution, a committee collectively issued a, a book for the delegates that contained the constitutions of the 13 colonies, each of the 13 colonies, along with the previous Articles of Confederation, Magna Carta and half a dozen other documents of that ilk, and they did. I think my research or somebody told me that they had done only 200 of them, and uh, I came across them. And it had belonged to a to a military guy at the time. He had made little notes in the in the uh, margins uh, that for me because I'm retired military that were very poignant and, and insightful for me so I decided to keep that one myself it, it, it just was a little piece of history for me mm-hmm. a piece of American history, it was exciting and that's usually collectible too, lots of stuff around the constitution and oh, the I, civil th- I think war. you're right I, I, I had a, we had a um, manual of arms for a Union Cavalry Regiment that they had done that was, uh, that was neat, I thought that had, that mm-hmm. had a lot of character um, I didn't keep it we, we, we sold it the high-end collectibles is, is another. Just like the Internet's a business, the high-end collectibles is another business. And in order to make a, a living in it, uh, you, you do things differently than you do in a regular book and brick-and-mortar store. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have, we have never really f- focused on it. We do it as, uh, engage in it as happen chance allows, but we don't specialize in it. Um, there have been opportunities we've had to, to deal that just because of the nature of the items uh, that we have referred them to other folks, because of the time and so forth that it was going to take, and, and it, it, w- it would not have been to their advantage as much to have us do it as it would be to have somebody else, I mean, other than the, the trust involved. And so we've kind of connected them up with folks to, to deal, and, and everybody's been happy. And so you miss the opportunities, but at the same time, we continue to do what, what we do. A couple things then. Uh I want, to, I want to touch on uh, just since I've been in the store for the last day or so, been uh, all sorts of phone calls about uh, readers, about authors coming sure. in to do signings and, and that sort of thing. Uh, and it, I'm happy to patronize a bookstore that uh, that cultivates and, and advances the causes of, of authors, especially young authors. Sure. So, uh, is that part of part of your philosophy over the years? We, we, we feel we feel well again. We feel strongly about the written word as long as it's it's written. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are in the age of the instant author. Mm-hmm. Um, 
in days gone by, uh, and, and this is one of the significant changes, and I think it's one of the things that's changing the, the marketplace and changing our industry. Um, folks, uh, all you have to do is have a, you know, a second-hand word processor, mm-hmm. and you're an author. And there, there's guys out there for, uh, it used to be ninety nine ninety five, but now it's, uh, it's twenty nine ninety five. Uh, that will print a thing up for you, digitize it, and give you two copies. So there is no edit- editorial ship involved. There's no um, assessing of, of the value uh, one way or the other and what's going on. So. It's, uh, well, obviously, it's up to the reader, too, though. I mean, if it's junk, then uh, then after a short time, then people are going to uh, are not going to read it. That's the theory, but in practice, that book takes up space, and it takes up the space on a, on a finite space on a finite shelf. I guess my point is that it has become much more difficult to give everybody an opportunity to uh, indulge in, in, in their in their muse. Um, and so I think booksellers have had to be, become develop methodologies for becoming more flexible. That's become difficult. So we're getting calls, and, and, and it just means that, that the bookseller has to decide how they're going to treat Just be more, dis- more discerning. I, I think yeah. so. I yeah. Th- yeah. Uh, because uh, the, for some reason, the knob, ha- knob has just been ratcheted up as far as the numbers of folks before... Before Christmas, I was probably getting two a day. Your walk-ins. Just walk-ins. Saying I've got a book. This one, just phone calls. This yeah. is walk-ins. Yeah. Uh, I got a book in my my hand. Uh, I'm an author. And I, you know. Um, could, you carry, could you carry our book? Could you carry it? Or, or, or could you allow or, us to do an author think, signing? We, we want to have a signing. You know, yeah. there's, there's, there's all kinds of books out there telling them how to approach us. Whereas previously the publishers served as a sort of a gatekeeper. They were the conduit, You yeah. pretty well have to go, you know, if you if you made it through a publisher's editor's a- ex- eyes, exactly. then there's some quality uh, control, whereas now less exactly. quality control. And also now, of course, with the advent of the e-book, sure. that's... It's going to be out the window. So, in other words, the, the reader has to be more discerning the bookseller has to be more discerning because the, the publishers sure. aren't there as the gatekeeper as they were before. You know, and I would hope that the booksellers would exercise that judicial. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, I, and I, I think they will. The ones that are left, the brick and mortar guys that are left, will. But it's just going to take up more time and more energy yeah. Uh, yeah. to do it. Um, at the same time, it may be an opportunity for booksellers to cement a, a, a place in the in the entire um, gamut of the printed word again by exercising some of that discernment that previously had been the the purview of the of oh, the publisher. Sure. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Yeah. But I think you're going to end up having niche booksellers because of that. Uh, it's very difficult for for books for a lot of booksellers not to indulge their particular likes and dislikes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and one of the things that Random House did was uh, I say Random House Simon and Schuster mm-hmm. Putnam Penguin Group was to provide a cover for you know what they published for the bookseller. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a general trade bookstore, you were sort of expected to have. A variety of things. Yeah. If they downsides though, the publishers though, if, they, if they've got a certain criteria, then they're not going to experiment with books that they they can't make money on. That's, that's exactly right. That's one of the benefits of the self-publisher uh, angle because sure, uh, if no one's going to look, it took twenty-seven rejections for James Joyce to sure. get to Ulysses sure. through. I mean, it's it's a, it's a balancing act. I, it, and it's going to be uh, the the internet and the and the web and so forth is is probably the salvation of a lot of writers. Yeah. Just in closing, uh, advice to young collectors who may not have a lot of money but are interested in establishing an uh, interesting collection, interesting libraries. Don't, don't collect anything that you personally don't like. People ask, well, is this a good, hold a, come over to a glass case here and, and pull some, is this a good investment? Is this a good investment? Hmm. Then we say, don't buy it. It's not about the investment. Don't buy it. It's not about the investment. It's about the love. Yeah, exactly. And, and it, it, you decide, is that what you're willing to pay for it? Hmm. If that is, then that's what the value of the book is. It, that may be more or less than somebody up the road or down the street will pay. 
but you decide, and and don't let that be the, your criteria for for collecting that particular piece. One uh, of the most reputable uh, booksellers in Canada, Stephen Temple, I met with him. And, uh, he he said something really delightful. I thought, and it was collect something that, that no one else is collecting. Collect something that, that uh, fires up your passion. Maybe it has to do with what you do sure. as, as, a, as a profession. Maybe you're a butcher, so, so collect it's a great books idea. on butcher, butchery. <laughs> but then, once you've finished collecting, or you've you never finished, but uh, over a period of time, you will have accumulated fasc- fascinating collection that can then be used for research Absolutely. and study. Absolutely. And it's gonna, in, in that sense, it's going to be harder to collect because there are going to be many more sources for work than there has been previously, and it's going to be, and they're going to be, they're going to be global. So it's going to be, it'll be interesting, depending upon what, what fields and categories you you pick. More, it's funny with the, you know, the advent of the internet, you figure a paperless office, and yet there's more books being published now than ever before. It's, yeah, yeah, I think there are. Yeah. And it's one other caveat for the collector is if you see something, you know, in a shop or at the Salvation Army or Goodwill, that you're tempted, get it. Once you've touched it, uh, the chances are there's going to be somebody coming along not too far behind you that's going to buy it, and you regret that you didn't get it. When you mentioned a Canadian bookseller, it reminded me, a fellow came in one day, Canadian, he was Toronto, and uh, he had asked me for a copy of a, of a book. He said, I know there's no way in the world you're going to have this thing. Uh, I said, well, what is it? And it was a book called The Wild Party. And he went on to say that it was it, they only did 250 copies of it. It's not, it's not an old book, but I mean, it was yeah, probably right after 60s, 70s, something like that. Um, but it was a limited edition, 250 copies, uh, just somewhere in around in Canada, never was distributed down here. And uh, he said, gosh, he sure would like to find one. But he was worried about how much it would cost. I said, well, God, the, the odds of having something like that down here are just Wait infinitesimal. There's a lot of snowbirds. Well, I, as it turned out, the, he, he I, I apologized and said, you know, we looked around and said, no, I didn't have it. And, and uh uh, he said, oh, okay, well, i, I got to head back. And so he, The next day, I had a line of cars. I got to about the third car, popped the trunk, started going through, and there it was. <laughs> it was in this box underneath another box in the trunk of this car, absolutely perfect condition, you know, numbered edition, one of 250. Did you keep the guy's name or not? Uh, no, I, he never, I, I never asked him for it, and he didn't offer me a card or anything else. But if he's listening, I saved the book. <laughs> I've got, I got it on a shelf. You don't remember the name or anything? Eh? Uh, no, no, yeah, I don't. Okay. Uh, um, and, and how long it, ago was this? Uh, this is probably um, eight or nine years. Oh, okay. It would have been back in the mid nineties. Okay. And uh, it's a uh, it's a dark covered book, okay. The Wild Party. Just in closing, uh, I want to give you a, just a personal experience in your bookstore. Just this yesterday, I uh, I don't really collect it, but it turns out that my parents and my grand parents had a few books on, on, on the topic and it's uh, the island of uh, Sark in the Channel ah. Islands yeah my grandfather was a doctor there in sort of a semi-retirement and I lived there when I was a little kid about Dorothy's age a little bit younger and we used to go back occasionally for, for vacation so I figured okay if, uh, if I come across any books uh, about Sark then, then I'll and I haven't yet come across any until yesterday and I found a book. It was, it was published by Appleton, I think, the American publisher, by the Dame of Sark. 
who oh, my grandfather knew and who I met. Oh, that's great! And I found the copy uh, in in your store. Terrific! It was, it was ten or twelve bucks. Terrific! What a bookstore! So good. Anyway, thanks oh, that's very much good. for your time. That's good. You know that that's it's that serendipitousness that 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 uh, makes it fun yeah. to hear those stories. That's yeah. good. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing with me. Thank you for coming by. It's good to have you come come visit. I've been talking to Ray Hinst, Haslam's Bookstore. Thanks very much. You're welcome. Books that are out of print and the impact that that has on used and antiquarian booksellers.